Welcome, you're listening to the Media Talk 101 podcast. Media Talk 101 is a nonprofit ministry dedicated to teaching media discernment in the light of following Christ. I'm the founder and director, Philip Telfer, and your host for this podcast. And I'm Rhett Simpkins, your co-host. And for our listeners, it has been a long time since we have been in the studio to record a Media Talk podcast. And it's not that we haven't been doing anything. We have been busy with the film festival and a lot of the planning for that, as well as starting a podcast known as the Christian Worldview Filmmakers Guild podcast. So we've been doing that every week. But uh, we've been really wanting to, to bring this podcast back and with a new twist. Something we've wanted to do for a long time is to have guests on our podcast. And so we've been getting some practice with that with the other one. And now we're going to introduce that uh, to this podcast. So, Rhett, why don't you tell us about our guest this week? Okay, this week's guest is Todd Wilson, author of Help, I'm Married to a Homeschooling Mom, and the official book of homeschooling cartoons. He's a dad, a writer, a conference speaker, and a former pastor. Todd's humor and gut-honest realness have made him a favorite speaker at homeschool conventions across the country and a guest on Focus on the Family. His articles have appeared in various magazines. Christianity Today also posts his weekly column, The Family Man Weekly, on their website. Todd and his wife, Debbie, along with their eight children, spend several months of the year traveling the country, encouraging moms and dads. His humor, realness, and straight talk to men and women have become his trademark. Well, Todd, welcome to our podcast. It's really exciting to have you on our show. Hey, it's my pleasure. I love doing this. Well, and you know what? We've crossed paths several times at homeschool conferences across the country and uh, usually in our RVs. And so it's always great to come across another family. And I know that uh, at some point we'll, we'll have to have you at least share one RV story. <laughs> okay. But, um, but you know, why don't you, uh, what, you know, this podcast is about media and entertainment choices and, and families. And, and you're, you've got it all covered. I mean, you, you're a dad, you're a husband, you got eight children. And you even wrote a book at one point called Taming the Techno Beast. And so I, uh, I was so interested in that because it's my subject. So uh, I ordered a copy off Amazon, I think. And, and then uh, after I read it, I was really delighted. So what inspired you to, to not only write a book like that, but I, if I remember right, you also give a talk, you know, when you're traveling around right. on this subject. Yeah. Well, you know... Uh... Maybe 15 years ago, uh, I, I wouldn't have had this conversation with you um, because media was it was just a it was kind of a tool that we all used um, or started using. You know what we're doing right now is is media, and I and I like that. I like the the technology. I like that. Um, but somewhere along the way, maybe it's because I had kids, um, and I started seeing the influence that the the technology had in uh, not just. I, I first saw it with other kids. You know, I'd see them walking around playing their little video games and and I'm, I, you know, in my own, I guess, piousness or self-righteousness, I would say, oh, I'm never going to let my kids do that kind of thing. You know, we're going to spend our time serving the poor and reading the Bible. Um, but, you know, it was easy to say that, but maybe because technology has uh, a dark side, it's, it weasels its way into our families until, you know, you find out that you don't even see your kids anymore or you don't talk to your children anymore. And, uh, you know, it's become a huge, huge deal. We're not, and I don't even know if we're going to talk about this. We're, you know, you don't even have to talk about all the evil influences that come across. I mean, 
uh, which are many and continual and, you know, they find little loopholes in your strongest armor in your family. And, uh, but just the, the amount of time, uh, and that it, it seems to me that the, this technology has become a siphon. It is siphon, it's siphoning off the best of family. Now let's uh, let's go back to your childhood because I mean there's a lot that has changed from the time you and I were growing up as kids, and uh, what our kids are facing. So what was it like for you? I mean, was it? I feel like I should lay down on a couch right now. Like this could be counseling. <laughs> <laughs> so right now I'm reclining. Um, you know, uh, technology was uh, in the, the the late 70s. You know, we had the little Mattel football electronics. And I know Rhett can't even imagine what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> but, you know, it was this little thing we played in our car. And, uh, you know, the, and the, the graphics were little blips of a green light that would you had. You, I think you could move the, the players four directions, you know, right, left, forward, backward. And that was it. Um, and it, it and it moved on to. Uh, uh, you know, Pong. I can rem- remember the very first time I ever saw a Pong game and thinking, wow, this is amazing. I can control, you know, something right on the television, which I'd never been able to do before. Um, and I can remember being uh, introduced up the street. Our, our good friend, Sean McIntyre, got this uh, game on Christmas Day and he called us up to see it. And I had never seen this thing called an Atari that he had received for Christmas, uh, you know? And so, but, but the thing about it back, back in the old days is that you were limited. Uh, really, you could find it in, you could find video games in, in 7-Elevens across America, in Pizza Hut, you know, Pac-Man and uh, Asteroids and all that. But you ran out of quarters. You sooner or later had to go home. And that was your haven. We didn't know it at the time. Now, there is no haven. You know, it's just all the time, everywhere you go. Uh, when I was a kid, and I know this is, you know, to your audience, it won't be hard to imagine, but to your audience's children, it might be. When I was a kid, we would drive in a car and we would do this thing called talking, or we would look <laughs> out windows. And now, you know, you pick up a group of teenagers and the car or the minivan is silent. Everybody is in a different world you know, looking out, not looking out windows, but they're talking to people, everybody except those right in the car. So things have changed. Now you mentioned, uh, well, the title of your book and your talk, you know, Taming the Techno Beast. Mm -hmm. So uh, now, I mean, if it was this big, ugly monster, I mean, who would actually bring that into the house, you know, to raise a big, ugly monster? So how how in the world does a, a, a techno beast end up in the house? Well, you know, like most things, it begins very small. Uh, you know, like I said, we, we said uh, when I'd see those kids walking around with these little game boxes, you know, and I didn't even know what the names of them were, but they were playing these things. So I said, no, that's not going to happen at our house. And so we had somebody introduced us to like computer educational games, you know, like where in the world is Carmen San Diego, San Diego or the Oregon Trail. And, it, you know, and, you, and I thought this is awesome. This is engaging. My kids are learning. And uh, but then it goes from, you know, from learning to quietness. And, and my wife is like, don't you think that the kids are too quiet? I mean, like nobody's talking anymore. And I'm thinking it's awesome. You know, uh, it's a win win. They're learning and they're quiet. 
And then we started to see um, maybe a little difference in the way they were uh, interacting with us and each other. Uh, you know, you'd say, hey, it's time to eat. And they'd, one of them would say, yeah, but it's still my turn. I didn't get my turn. And another one would start crying. And maybe one would be deceitful. And when I said they weren't allowed to play, and I I'd find them sitting in front of their computer, staring at the screen with the game on it. I'm like, are you playing the game? They're like, no. I'm like, well, you've got the game up. Well, I'm just seeing how it works. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the, they're deceiving us. And, you know, it was around that time. That's kind of when we gave it the little name of, techno beast in our house, you know, because I felt like a little beast had invaded our home. And I, I even mentioned that to uh, the email uh, group that I send a weekly email to. And, uh, and that's when everything changed for me because I got an email back from a dad who said he had lost his family because he was playing video games 20 hours a day. And then he'd go to sleep and then he'd wake up and he'd start playing again. His dreams were filled of images from the game. And you know, and when I first got that, I thought, oh, this got to be a fluke. I mean, who can spend 20 hours a day on a video game? Not a real person. And then I mentioned it one time. I was talking to a group of people and mentioned it casually. And I had all these moms come up to me afterwards and say, you know, my husband does the very same thing. And it was just like the series of events that started happening, that started snowballing, that really caught my attention. Um, I can remember talking about this very talk and being in Texas and Houston. And this guy comes up to me and he's just, you know, this clean cut. If you hear any rumbling, that's my kids running above me. That's okay. Uh, but, that's all right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, this guy comes up and he's this clean cut looking guy, you know, the kind of 25 year old that you'd want your son to look like. And he's like, oh, Mr. Wilson, that was a great talk. And he said, yeah, you know, he goes, that was one of the reasons why my wife left me because I was addicted to this game called World Warcraft. And uh, and we talked and, you know, it was, it was a bad thing. And But he was a nice guy. And as I'm walking out of this room, this guy runs into me. Not runs into me, but he, he, he snags me. And he says, hey, Todd, you know, I'm a pastor. And he goes in to tell this story. He goes, I've been counseling five different couples that uh, whose husband is all are all addicted to this game called World of Warcraft. I mean, this is this is a this is happening within a minute of talking to this other guy. Same game, and he goes, you know, all five of those ended in divorce. Wow. And and I'm thinking, wow, this is a big deal, you know. And but it's not just about video games. I mean, it just continues. You know, it was all around that time where Facebook was becoming a big deal. And, you know, I had this little, this uh, check in my spirit because, you know, when you first get on Facebook, you know, you have people wanting to be your friends that you don't even know who they are, or maybe people that you knew a long time ago. I would have people from my high school, you know, uh, want to be my friends and they, you know, click on. And, and I had this little like uneasiness um, and I never, I never talked to any of them. I still haven't um, because I thought, you know, this could potentially, I could see where this be, could be bad. Because, you know, sometimes life is hard. Like <laughs> this week is hard at my house, you know. And when you go back to those high school days, they were a piece of cake. What did you have? There was nothing to worry about. It was all fun and smiles. And if you compare them, you know, hard times versus happy times, I had that feeling that, you know, it would be easy to slide back into or make an inappropriate a relationship, you know, go back into an inappropriate relationship just because it was just easy. 
And so I had, I asked my email list, I said, Hey, do you know of any marriages, either yours or someone very close to you who have shipwrecked on Facebook? And I said, Facebook within 24 hours, I had a list of over 100 marriages wow. that had failed on Facebook. And, you know, I'd be scared to go to Walmart if I knew that a hundred marriages had failed in Walmart. And yet we talk about Facebook like it's no big deal. We talk about World of Warcraft like it's no big deal. You know, we could name other ones, uh, other games or other avenues. I mean, I've had husbands who say about, and I'm just keep, I'm sorry, I'm just running on No, here. that's all right. But I've, but I've had wives who come up to me and say, oh yeah, I call my husband's cell phone his mistress. I had a pastor who came up to me and said, oh yeah, you know, I couldn't find my, my smartphone the other day. And uh, my, I asked my wife and she goes, oh, I put it on your pillow so you could tuck that into bed tonight. Oh. You know, and, and, and so this is a huge, huge deal. Um, you know, I don't have a smartphone anymore. I used to have a smartphone, an iPhone. I loved my iPhone. I loved all that it could do. But I got rid of it, not because I'm so noble, because I am so brave, but I, I felt like it was pulling away from my family. You know, I would have the, these phantom buzzes in my leg, you know, summoning me. And I would be with my family watching a video, you know, a family video. And all of a sudden I had the, the strong urge to check the weather in the North Pole, you know, or, or whatever. And I thought, you know, never once did I ever look at my parents, ever, ever, ever with a cell phone in their hand. You know, I never had to look at them past some other instrument. They never looked distracted, you know, while they were talking to me, you know, hitting this thing, you know, they don't like holding a calculator in your hand. They didn't do that. And I thought, I do not want my kids growing up feeling that same thing. And so I got rid of mine. I've had, I've had lots of people tell me things like, oh, Todd, I admire you so much for doing that, but I would never give up my phone. And I'm like, you know, we've, we're talking about it. People are, you know, you, you can go on Facebook, you can go on any of those things and you can see uh, jokes or uh, uh, videos that make fun of people who run into, you know, posts as they're on their telephones or, or their kids are drowning and they're, you know, checking their Facebook page, but nobody's doing anything. I, I, I'm really thinking we as dads, we as husbands, we as mothers, we as uh, wives, I, I think it's we need to we need to start living differently, or we're going to find ourselves in a in a world of hurt one day, and we won't even realize how we got there. Well, let's uh, let's launch out on that subject because um, let's let's start with children. Okay. You know, and, and I know that you've got you got boys, you got girls, you, they're all ages, and so and you've raised some to adulthood. So um, you've got you got a lot of experience there. I mean, what does this look like? I mean, how do you you know if you were speaking to a, a young dad? Well, you know, maybe I should you know, maybe Rhett, you should be asking this question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take it away, Rhett. Well, yeah, that, you bring up a good point, Philip, because you know there's a lot of young people who are becoming dads becoming parents and they have grown up seeing mom and dad with a cell phone in their hand and now they're getting to that age where they don't know anything different so what kind of advice would you give for young parents who are faced with this you know th this is this is one of those things that uh and, and maybe uh, rep for your age group you know maybe maybe it's maybe it, it'll be clearer to you um it doesn't feel very clear to me 
You know, it's not a simple thing. I was talking to one guy, he was interviewing me on the radio and he said, well, Todd, don't you just think it's simple? You know, simple, we just take it all away from them. And I'm like, nah, I don't think so. I wish it was that simple, you know, but the thing is, we're all going to be on. We're all going to be online. My belt's going to be on. My shoes are going to be online and I better train my children in this. Um, that said, I do think it is modeling. I think it is training. And, you know, the thing is, we didn't know any better. Uh, and I, I don't have much advice. I don't I, because it's it's hard. It is just hard. You know, when my son, my I had a, my oldest son, he was a technology kid. He loved little flashlights. He loved it all. And so, you know, when he got an MP3 player, that was, well, that was magic. And boy, he wanted an iPhone. And, you know, we were of the mind that he did need a phone because we were traveling. And, and uh, you know, we put uh, different browsers on it and it would limit it. And he'd go, Dad, I can't do anything on the iPhone, you know. And I'm like, I know, I know. But would you hang in there with me? And, and still, you know, we find ourselves in places that we never imagined. I mean, we just had an incident this week, you know, with one of our children, a teenager, uh, you know, who was on things that he shouldn't have been on. We thought we had all the holes covered. And yet we find out that he's seen things that we were so sad that he had to see. Um, so, you know, it is a big deal. And I, I think for, for, for you, Rhett, and all the other dads, Maybe, you know, when Jesus said, you know, it's if your if your iPhone causes you to sin, you should pluck it out. And uh, and people could say, yeah, but I need an eye. You know, my eye is really important. I know it is. But still, he was saying, maybe you have to get rid of those things. Um, I don't know. You know, people I think we try to convince ourselves that we need some of these technologies um, when we don't need them all all the time. Uh, I know some dads who will, you know, they 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 have different designation places, designated places for their phone. You know, when they get home, they stick it on a shelf. I think that's a great idea. If you can do that, I think that is awesome. But if you can't, you know, maybe you have to take more drastic measures. I'll tell you, and, and the thing for you, Rhett, you know, and for our young people, they're not even going to know. They're not even going to know what they're missing out on. Sometimes I resent it, you know, when I'm driving with my wife and she's sitting next to me and she's on her phone, she's taking care of banking and she's taking care of all these things. But I remember the old days where we used to sit and talk to each other. And if, and if, and if we're stupid enough to think that's not affecting our re real relationships, then, then we're stupid because it is. Well, you know, Rhett, how how are you feeling? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are, yeah, those are some some to the point comments. Um, but let's say uh, somebody says, you know, I, I do need this. I do need this for work. Uh, I do need this for you know all these other things where our world sort of revolves around this. Unfortunately, that that does seem to be the case. I mean, is it all about unplugging or? Uh, what what else could you do? I don't know, Rhett. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know, I, I'll I'll say one thing: the people who, not everybody who says they need it needs it. You know, I mean, if you're a brain surgeon, you have to be contacted with every you know every thirty seconds. You know, I understand that. Uh, but <laughs> my son isn't a brain surgeon, so maybe he doesn't need one. You know, as a dad, again, maybe you have you limit yourself. Um, I'll tell you, you know, I call this the beast because I believe this beast is 
is, uh, uh, you know, it's a big deal. I, I believe the, 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 the person behind the beast is actually, you know, is the same adulteress that was in uh, Proverbs chapter seven. You know, it was Satan who's fishing for men and women, and he knows how to fish for both. And he fishes for uh, back in Proverbs when he wanted to see the downfall of a of a man, he brought in a woman, really a virtual wife. I think when he wants to see the downfall of a husband and a wife, I think he uses technologies in in different in different ways, you know, because it does feel very virtual. It feels like you're really relating to people when I, I, I don't think it's the same. I think, again, what we're doing is we're missing out the relationships closest to us in favor of fake relationships that are far away from us. Um, yeah, I agree. I know what you're saying, Rhett. I know it does feel like we need to be on. But I'll, I'll tell you, you can tell that if this beast has its talons in your heart, in your soul, that if you make these little promises like, um, and I've made them, oh, every day at six o'clock when I get home, I will not pick up my phone again. And you find yourself making those promises over and over and over again. You know, on the weekends, I will not check Facebook. And yet you just can't do it. You know, then I'd say, then there's a big deal. So I don't know if that means unplugging. It just means doing something radical because, and again, I could be all wet. I don't think I no, am. No, I don't think you are. And I'm, I I was giving Rhett a little bit of a hard time because actually he's sure. a little bit retrograde for a millennial. Um, oh, yeah? I'm, I'm usually giving him a hard time because for the longest time he didn't have internet at his house. Awesome. He was using a dumb phone, which he would never answer. And uh, because awesome. because we work remotely, so yesterday was a big day. I'm, I'm going to tell on you, Rhett. You know, but yeah, um, yeah. Rhett, Rhett got his first smartphone yesterday in the mail. So we're going to have to keep him accountable. I'm and, beginning to weep here. Oh. Rhett. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who was the one? Well, I don't know. I can't say I. You know, made you get one. I, I no. wasn't. I didn't discourage him. <laughs> from... It's okay. The emperor didn't encourage Darth Vader either. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, well, and hopefully, I, I'm I'm hoping to be a good example, you know. But uh, it's definitely takes discipline. I mean, you have to it be does, disciplined. It does. And I and I know that Rhett once again is a little strange for a millennial because he has not really jumped on the bandwagon. So I'm I'm hoping Rhett will be uh, the next generation of of thoughtful uh, dads who say, I'm going to learn how to handle this technology with wisdom and mm. be a good role model for my children because they need that. You know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it, it, this whole, this all or nothing approach is not working, you know, right, right. you have both extremes. You have people that are just like, yeah, whatever, you know, we're just going to go, yeah. go with the, the flow of culture. And then, you know, you have some, you know, families out there that they're like, absolutely nothing, no electronics, no computer, right. no internet. And that doesn't seem to be working either. I know in our household, we, we've tried to take that middle ground to say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I use technology. I mean, I use it in the office. I use it for my work. I use it for creative endeavors. Uh, but uh, I also uh, need to demonstrate to my children that it's under my control and I'm not under its control. And we also, and I don't know about you, Todd, but... Uh, you know, we limit things in our household, and so, yes. you know, my daughter, Elizabeth, she's 18, she just got her first phone, and uh, when we when we were at the uh, counter, you know, getting the phone, 
I told the guy, I said, yeah, this is, uh, do I get some prize? You know, she's 18 and she's getting her first phone. And he's like, you mean her first smartphone, right? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 her first phone total. He's like, wow, yeah, you probably should get a prize you know, for the longest holdout. But um, so how does that how does that look in your household? I mean, you, you obviously I'm, I'm guessing you put some limitations and your children don't die because of that. I right, mean, have you ever right. had one, you know, end up in a coma in the hospital? <laughs> oh, uh, no, but they will fuss. They will complain. Um, and they will wheedle their way into, uh, you know, you they'll push you into doing something that maybe you don't feel comfortable with. And I should say again, you know, sometimes what you do with your oldest, you may not do with your middle one. Um, or what you did with your middle one, you may not do with your youngest. We are learning things. Um, you know, my my uh, 16-year-old son, he has an iPhone because, again, he's a gadget guy. But on his iPhone, he doesn't have any data. So he can't get on the Internet. Uh, so uh, he can make phone calls. He can take pictures with it. He can, you know, take a slow motion video, which apparently is a cool thing. And uh, But we still don't allow him to have uh, access to the internet at all times. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I, I think you're, you're wise in doing that again, but I've talked to lots of dads who said, Oh yeah, we, we let our son or daughter have a phone, but we said they could only text those of the same sex, you know, or you could only text your mom and dad. Well, that usually lasts for about 25 minutes. And then all of a sudden, you know, which isn't bad. Uh, but it's amazing how it progresses. Um, and again, I'm not, I, you're right on Philip, you know, well, I, I'm not saying don't go with, you know, never get it, but I'm just saying, be careful. Yeah. But how do you, you know, do you sit down and, and talk with your kids about this? How did, how does that look? I mean, do they, oh. do they ever, I mean, are they trying to guilt you because, Hey dad, everybody's got this and you were like the only ones, you know, at the age of 12 who don't have a smartphone right. and, and, you know, uh, I, I, I suppose that some parents do hear that a lot. I don't I don't really hear that so much as in, but I need it, Dad. Because, you know, once your kids start to get mobile, it does become pretty handy, you know? And what we did with uh, some of our kids is they shared a phone, which I thought was an awesome thing because it gave them accountability. Because you can't text something to somebody because it might come back to you, you know, so it let them be accountable to each other. And I like that. Um, uh, so yeah, we, we hear a little bit of that. Uh, and again, maybe, maybe we didn't, we didn't draw any hard and fast lines. Cause you know, like I, I know some people say, you know, uh, my daughters won't get their ears pursed until they're 16. That's it. Um, and maybe you could say the same thing with cell phones. My kids won't get a cell phone until they're 18 and they can pay for it themselves. Uh, but you know, we as parents, we do need to be flexible. Maybe there's a, a reason why your 14 year old needs a, a phone. Uh, I'll tell you, I would be, I would be careful. I wouldn't give my son a smartphone at 14 uh, because I just have heard too many horror stories. Um, I've seen them. I see the kids. You know, they're hanging around each other. They're watching things that should not be watched. And even if they're watching something okay at that time on a YouTube video, it doesn't take very long before they're somewhere where they should not be. Um, and I think it's just too much access, too much uh, temptation that I, I don't know if they're ready to stand up to that. I don't think we as husbands, grown men, are ready to stand up to that without some kind of accountability from somebody. Uh, you mentioned that not everybody is going to uh, have 
to just get rid of it. Some people are going to have access to it. Sure. So it's it's not just about saying no, you know, uh, but as dads, you know, what kinds of things should we be saying yes to? Well, you know, I think I think you're right on. I mean, uh, I think the reason that we're drawn and our children are drawn to those things, um, I think because they are internal, they're 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 God designed longings. I think kids, boys want to play video games because they're warriors. You know, they want to kill, maim and destroy. They want to ah, with swords. And my my son's building a sword right now for a Christmas present. You know, and they love that. They love the the strategy and the shooting and the, you know, the clang of the armor. They love all that. I think they want to do it with their dads, not play video games with their dads, but to do some of those other activities. Uh, someone once told me that Michael Pearl uh, once said, oh, you need to, all our boys want to do is they want to throw tomahawks and shoot guns. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, yeah, maybe that's a bit over overstated, but maybe he's right. Maybe our boys want to, you know, wrestle or throw balls or, you know, shoot guns or throw tomahawks or go go karting or do something. It, that's a bigger pain. It's easier to say, oh, why don't you go play your video games? And they're like out the door and they'll play forever. I think sometimes our girls, uh, they're relational. They want to talk. And again, to the dads listening, let me say. I think the big draw to Facebook for your wife is that she has someone who will listen to her and someone who will talk. Sometimes we as husbands don't communicate with our wives. I think our wife wants to talk to us. And when they can't, they go somewhere else. I have a friend whose wife, uh, he told his wife, he said, I can't be your little buddy. You know, I can't just chit chat all the time because I'm busy. Well, on Facebook, she has lots of little buddies now. If I were the husband, I would be fearful that one of those little buddies turns into a big buddy. Um, and so, yeah, it, you know, I think we should be replacing. We should be replacing with those things. And it is a little more difficult because it involves us. And maybe that's the thing about the technobies. As much as I hate it, I brought it into my house. And sometimes I even like it. And sometimes I uh, 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 go to it to watch my children. When I think that's that's kind of the danger. So, yeah, you're right on. I think we do need to replace some of those things. I wish there was some easy answer, you know, if you spent 15 minutes a day doing this, but it's not that simple. Well, you know, the uh, the biggest hill to climb we always talk about is just modeling, and you've already covered that. You know, we need to be good role models for our children, and then, and we need to, you know, we need to be in communication with them. I know that's a big thing in the Telfer household is that not only do we uh, say no to some things, we, we also have to say yes to certain things, even when it comes to media and technology, where we're, we're saying, okay, um, we're not going to say no to everything, but uh, these are the reasons why, you know, it's, there's got to, you know, we've got to be able to talk to them about that and, and say, hey, these, these are my concerns, and I want you to be thinking this through. You know, you mentioned all these dads that were addicted to playing video games, and most people don't know, Todd, that uh, the average age of a video game player in America is 34 years old. Wow. And, uh, and, it's, and it's predominantly a male demographic. I mean, there's, there's women also that are, are gamers, but for the most part, it's very male-driven um, and, you know, 34 years old, and part of that has to do with some of these appetites that were established at a young age. You know, when you think mm -hmm. of 34, I mean, these those are young men that grew up 
playing with, you know, maybe not the Atari, maybe they had the Nintendo, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then that went into the next gaming console. So when, when it comes to that, those appetites, you know, and, and on the subject of replacing versus taking away, you know, in your home, uh, what do you, do, you know, what kind of things do you do with like your, you got all these different ages, like little children, your teens, right. um, is it just playing swords? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, let me just give you an example. In, our, in my house, because um, I've said no to, to quite a few things, I say <laughs> yes to, to other things. Like my son and I, we build RC airplanes from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're still having a difficult time learning how to fly them. And now we just learned that we're going to have to register them <laughs> next year <laughs> with the federal government uh, because of all the drones and stuff around. But, um, you know, so that takes a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of um, investment. So what kind of things do you find yourself investing in at, at various ages? And I mean, with eight kids, I mean, this right. has got to be a full-time job. It is a full-time job. And I think that's why a lot of dads just say, oh, I can't do it anymore. And I feel the same way. I'm like, can't we just let them play video games all the time? It would just be easier. Um, but the answer is no. And so we do give them tools. So, uh, you know, I have one son who's... Uh, um, who likes computer animation, and we've given him all the tools to do that thing. I, you know, my my 16-year-old son, when he was 13, we bought him a MIG welder. We bought him, he bought himself a plasma cutter. He has a 3D printer. I have other, my other son, he likes to build. And But I think I would also resist the urge of, or maybe the guilt of filling in every available slot. Like, oh, we'll just keep him so busy, they'll never even think about video games. Sometimes it's okay to say, as a dad, you can say, no, you can't play video games today. And they go, well, what am I supposed to do? You go, well, figure it out. <laughs> or I'll give you some chores, <laughs> you know. And you know what? It doesn't take, boredom is a great teacher. Uh, boredom really is uh, uh, is an advocate for creativity. And, allow, and then it just pushes them out. Um, you know, as a kid, my dad didn't always give me everything I needed to do and he didn't always do it with me, but some, but I didn't have some of those other options. Uh, I would still, I'm a TV kid. If you gave me the choice of watching TV or anything else in the whole world, I'd choose TV, but sometimes I take that away. So I ha- I'm forced into doing something that's better. Um, so it's, it is hard. And there are lots of those kind of things you can do. You know, some kids won't be as attracted to that. Um, but, and again, it's okay to say, I think as Philip said, and Philip's probably like a lot better of explaining those things to his kids. Sometimes I'm just a, you know, I'll give a general principle and, and then just draw some lines. So, you know, I wish you, I wish I had a whole bunch of, you know, things you could do. Well, Uh, you know, it's always just good to hear the perspective from another dad, especially, I mean, you got twice as many kids as I do. And uh, now there was another thing in your book, which kind of caught me by surprise. I actually thought it was great, but you had a little section mm. on, on blogging moms, you know, what compelled you to pick on moms here? Well, you know, that was probably a, uh, that was almost on the, 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 before Facebook was a huge thing. It was just, Facebook was just starting. Well, you know, it used to be the blogging moms and the same thing with Facebook when Facebook still first started coming up. You know, I, I had lots of people who wanted to be my friend. And so, but I was intrigued because, and you can still do this. You can see your friends over on the right-hand side of your Facebook uh, or a blog. You can you can see who they are. And usually, if it has a female name, it's a female person. 
Um, so I kind of kept track of how many men versus women were on Facebook. And I found, you know, it was like 80, 90% of them were women at all times. Now, I knew a lot of those women were not teenage girls who have all the time in the world, but they're moms. There's something, I think our, our wives are so starved for relationship that they're not getting from their husbands, that they are, they are open to anybody who will talk. I mean, I, I think our, our wives, and I, again, I have dads who come up to me all the time, husbands who will say, I don't know what to do. My wife is on her phone all the time. She's on Facebook all the time. You know, that's a hard thing because it's hard to say to our wives, you know, and in fact, if we do, if we say, hey, you're spending too much time on Facebook, you're, you're, you know, they become very um, uh, uh, defensive and it usually doesn't turn out very pretty. What I usually like to encourage moms to do and dads is to ask their spouse, do you think um, I'm spending too much time? Uh, because it's a both-sided thing. You know, maybe it's video games for boys and, and men, but our our women folk are sucked into that constant chatter. And I'll tell you, whether they admit it or not, it's poison. It is just poison. Uh, you know, you go to Facebook and you see everybody's making gourmet meals. Everybody's, you know, doing these incredible things. I have a an aunt whose husband is in the mega wealthy category. I mean, it's multiple homes, you know, millions and millions of dollars. And she told me, she goes, oh, I can't get on Facebook because I feel too discouraged afterwards. And I'm thinking, you're kidding me. You fly all over the world all the time. You're doing stuff all the time. Why do you feel discouraged? She sees it in relationship because everybody posts how how happy they are and how, you know, happily married they are, you know, and it just, it freaks me out. You know, when you see a, a lady, she'll say, honey, she'll write a Facebook post or any kind of post, honey, you're the best husband ever. I'm so glad I'm married to you. I love you so much. And I'm thinking, I know them. Her husband doesn't even have a Facebook, you know, account. So who is she? We used to write little notes to each other and we didn't want anybody to see him. Now we write notes so everybody can see them. You know, we used to take uh, shots called otherzies, and now we take selfies. It's just really changing everything. So it's not just a man thing. It's a, it's a, it's a female thing as well. Well, I know I'm a big proponent of, of uh, husbands continuing to, to connect with their wives. And I know my wife and I, we have, um, we have coffee dates each day. And, uh, we used awesome. to, we used to, you know, I was just talking about, I just did a wedding, you know, I'm a pastor. So I just did a wedding this, this, uh, weekend. And I was talking with some other young people just about marriage and, and how, you know, Mary and I, when we were newlyweds, we actually celebrated our anniversary every month for the first 10 years of our marriage. So that was like date night. And, uh, we just, you know, the 14th of each month, that was going to be our, our time. But, you know, as kids came along that it, it gets hard, it gets harder, you know, it yeah. gets, it's, and then you have to start becoming more creative to say how, wow, I've got to make some time. And then you add right. children, you know, you add the children to that mix and you need to give them time. And then men work, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You know, there's, mm. there's uh, a lot happening there. So, um, and this is going to be somewhat of an awkward transition here, but I know that you work out of the home or you work out of an RV, right? I mean, you'd like, <laughs> right, right. I yeah, mean, you don't, do. you don't, you travel all around the country, you speak to people on numerous topics, mostly on fatherhood, but, um, you know, so, you know, you don't just ditch your family, do you? You know, you don't just leave them behind. 
No, I wish I could sometimes, but I can't. Um, you know, uh, we do. We travel around in an RV. We we encourage parents. Um, you know, and that, that's not always easy. It'd be a lot easier uh, to hop on an airplane and drive, you know, fly around and have my little black attache case and, um, you know, my little suit bag flung over my shoulder. Uh, and because, you know, I, I travel around, we speak and and I'll tell you, sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll be in the parking lot in a big old RV and, you know, it's ugly and I have to go in and speak to a big crowd 15 minutes later. And, and I don't even know where I'm at. And it, it's, it's hard sometimes. And you talk about, you know, Philip, and that just encourages me. In fact, I just wrote down a note um, to myself uh, as I'm planning for my New Year's New Year's resolutions, um, you know, just making that that daily date time, like you said. Um, because my wife will say to me, she'll say, you know, well, we never talk. And I'm like, we talk every day, honey. You know, we're, I'm there all the time. We're driving in our RV and you're sitting right next to me. We're talking. She goes, yeah, but we're not talking. And I'm like, well, it feels like we're talking, <laughs> you know, and really she wants that. She wants me to stop doing what I'm doing and not talk along the way to somewhere. But she wants me to make talking the destination. And, and, that, and that's hard. And again, when I don't, it kind of pushes her back into other things where she can go talk to other people and listen to their conversations. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about that. When we were talking with Dr. Jeff Myers, interviewing him for our documentary Captivated, he, he was talking about what goes on in the brain. Uh, so he's talking about some neuroscience in relation to video games and how, you know, video games kind of fakes the brain out and makes the, you know, it light up with, mm -hmm. with pleasure. And it's, and it's not... Um, it's not the way God designed the brain to work. But what I thought was interesting, and I don't think we included this in the footage in the documentary, maybe in a bonus feature or something, but he he also said that one of the the natural way that 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 pleasure really lights up in the brain, one of the biggest ways is through conversation. You know, through mm. through meaningful conversation is one of the most pleasurable things that that. Uh, and I know that our spouses, our children, you know, enjoy that. And so, you know, that's we we got in this habit of of kicking the kids out of the a room and uh, after dinner and saying, "Hey, go do dishes, go do something else. Mm -hmm. You're all old enough to occupy yourselves. Mom and dad just need some time." And uh, so that's been a, a really great. That's an awesome thing. But uh, but getting back to the RV, so okay. we we're, we're RVers, so right. we we know what that's like. I made a similar decision not to jet set, even though that's really a hard thing to do if you're a speaker. It's it's almost like digging your own grave, <laughs> you know, for a speaker <laughs> right. if you can't if you can't uh, you know accept this invitation in New York this weekend and and another right. invitation in LA the next weekend. You you have to be more thoughtful, and then just packing the family around. And but to me, I I really felt it was an investment, you know, in my family. So yeah. uh, I, I'd love to just hear uh, maybe a little bit about just the investment in your home on the road, and then I'd love to just hear for our audience uh, at least one RV story, you know, because you have so many really fun <laughs> RV right, stories, right, and right. and for <laughs> non RV people. We just sorry you haven't had those experiences, but I, you know, when people ask me, you know, maybe people ask you, Todd, you know, hey, you know, we're thinking about RVing. <laughs> you, you, I, I sometimes wonder, 
would it be sin for me to tell them, uh, go for it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they should go for it. Because if you're thinking about doing it, you should do it. Because, you know, it's not easy. If you want something easy, you know, stay single. Uh, But if you want something good, um, RVing is a wonderful thing. You know, when I, I, my wife and I had never RVed in our whole life, we didn't grow up doing it. Someone just told us, Hey, if you're going to travel around the country, why don't you, you could do it with your family. You could do it in an RV. And we thought that's exactly what we should do. And so, you know, we, we cram 10 people and I, I'm starting to lose them now because my oldest son got married and my next two children, I think they may not be traveling this next, uh, season when we go out. Um, so I'm starting to lose you know, uh, troops, Um, and so I'm having a little more space. It's not quite as difficult, but you know, my kids have grown up doing it and it is tight. It gets crazy. We run out of water sometimes. Sometimes we don't run out of water, but you know, (laughs) you got, you have these tanks that you've got to get rid of stuff. Sometimes we're so full, we can't go anymore, you know, and it's, and there's a lot of stress and you're, my wife's like, why do we do this? You know, and usually when we go out each year, we go out for several months at a time and, Usually my wife cries a lot the first two weeks and then threatens to leave. And then uh, by the end, she's glowing because it's such a wonderful way to live. Um, You know, the thing about it, it just it allows opportunities uh, that you might not normally have when you're sitting next to somebody for a long periods of time. In fact, I was really shocked one time I asked and maybe this is not quite an RVing thing, but I asked the, the dads on my email list. I said, hey, what's your your best memory as a kid, I bet at least 80%, uh, their best memories was of camping. And, uh, and I thought, you know, that's, that's pretty powerful because usually, you know, it's raining and, uh, you ran out, you forgot to bring, you know, this certain type of food or you forgot your, your shoes. And, and those are the things you sit around Christmas trees talking about. We sit around talking about, you know, those, those moments where, uh, you know, we almost died in our RV or where a car slammed into us one time or or where, you know, something, a tire blew or when we had a turkey fly through our window. I was talking to a guy, just uh, a lady yesterday. I think it was yesterday, two days ago. And she showed me a picture. She and her retired husband, they were driving down the highway and they missed their turn. And, the, and they were out kind of in the boondocks and the GPS said, make a u a u-turn and so they make this u-turn with their big rig on the highway and they go over into the edge and it gets down into the soft grass and the thing almost tips over oh no i mean they have they have boards you can see boards that they've propped up against the rv so it doesn't fall over and uh you know those are the things you talk about at the at the moment they're happening you're like ah this is miserable why why do we do this um but that's I always say that's the cost of doing life. And so if you're thinking about doing it, you should. You can contact me and I'll point you in the right direction. But it, it's been a it's been a gift that I never looked for, but that God gave us. And it's really defined kind of who my family is. Well, I'm with you. We actually love RVing and and uh I I love it when the when the RV is functioning, <laughs> which right, is rare. Right. Almost, right. you know, but um uh, now for people who may not be familiar with your ministry, where can they find your website? They can find us uh at familymanweb.com. familymanweb.com. We got all kinds of stuff. We have a weekly email to dads. We we do a weekly podcast as well called The Family Man Show. You can find us on iTunes or on our website. We've got all kinds of products to encourage you 
in your journey, whether that's taming the techno beast or maybe it's just being a dad or maybe a mom or homeschooling mom. Or uh, we just want to, our little motto is reminding moms and dads of what matters most. Um, because, you know, in the, in the world that we live in, and maybe it's always been this way, it's so easily, it's so easy to get distracted and we forget what matters. And, you know, uh, I, I know you're, you're, you're into film. I've seen lots of biographies by lots of successful men and women. And I'm fascinated by them, actually. I love reading about them. I love watching on the, you know, the PBS or the History Channel on name anybody. Doesn't matter if they're a movie star or a historical figure or a ministry figure. Almost always, inevitably, they say at the end of the show, it always comes down to, what would you do over? Or, and I mean, all the time they say, well, you know, I wasn't a very good father. Or if I could do it over, I would, I would have spent less time on the road and more time with my family. And that's what I want to get, I want to get for my life. I want to get to the end and say, well, I blew it a lot, but I spent my time well. And that's what I want for other, I want for all of you listening. I want you to spend your time well, get to the end with no regrets. Well, thank you so much, Todd. And for the, our listeners, we'll, we'll post the uh, link uh, on our blog for uh, his website. And for you men, be sure to sign up for his newsletter. Does that come out weekly, Todd? It does. Okay, uh -huh. I'm, I uh, get his weekly newsletter. It's always encouraging. It's perfect for men. It's short, sweet, and to the point. <laughs> And uh, so, so I love that. It doesn't take you more than a couple minutes just to read through it and be encouraged or convicted or whatever it is uh, that Todd's serving for the week. So be sure to do that. And we're just thankful that you joined us today, Todd. Oh, it was my pleasure. Just keep up the good work. Thank you for listening to the Media Talk 101 podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for more conversation about media discernment in the light of following Christ. If you're interested in learning more in the meantime, visit mediatalk101.org for helpful articles, videos, and other resources, including archived podcasts. And if you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on this podcast, send them to podcast at mediatalk101.org. That's podcast at mediatalk101.org.